So, uh, hey, uh, I've, I've got a, an opening for us today. Kind of rides off the back of cats. That's okay. Yeah. So do you remember when I was doing puns, cat puns, which is a thing like I don't, I don't Reg- do, I don't regrettably. do <laughs> Yeah. And it like hurt Vince quite a bit. Yes. Um, well, I have some like residual, oh, kind of like the resin of pun. You're all, like full, you're, all, you're all full of pun resin? Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to scrape it out. It builds up quick when you have no resistance. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, so, like, this serves two purposes. One, scrape me bare. And Whoa. two, uh, it builds up the callus that is necessary for what we're about to do to ourselves. Okay, mm. fair. I, I will. I, I'll. I'll accept that you need to scrape these pun barnacles off of your underside <laughs> just for that result. Yeah. Uh, so like we're 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 stepping into foreign territory, right? Like I don't know where Yin's fall religiously, but the, it's its own world, right? And what I decided to do was to expose us to this culture through the use of Bible camp safe jokes. Are these gonna be like popsicle stick stick jokes, but for Jesus? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, I'm actually kind of excited <laughs> I, for this. A cross made of popsicles. <laughs> oh no! I that wouldn't I've... hold it all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. <clears throat> here, here we go. Uh, what was Moses's wife, Zechariah, known as when she threw dinner parties? The hostess with the Moses. Is a good one. You like that one? I mean, mm-hmm. I like that. I'm now thinking of Beetlejuice. Uh, how do you know that atoms are Catholic? They have mass. <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm so angry. This is the only one on the list that I've, I've already heard. Oh, these are from Parade.com if you want. There's like 60 of them. Parade? Like, yeah. <laughs> what? I was also confused. Who knows? I Sure. Uh, but this is like the only one I'd heard before doing this to myself. Um. How did Joseph make his coffee? He brewed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. Okay, okay. Just like two, two more, two more. <clears throat> what size was the lumber that was made to build the ark? Two by two. Two by two? I, yeah. <sighs> Damn it. Yeah, one. Uh, last one. Oh, God. Uh, when preparing for the Feast of Weeks, you know that one. Uh, what did some d- disciples wonder? How much is this going to Pentecost? Get out. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. I was waiting for an anti-joke in there. No. Like, I mean, they were all about like halfway to an anti-joke as it was, but I was waiting for like, how did Joseph brew his coffee? And be like, no, pour over. There there were a number of those from a different site that I, they were all that, and I wanted, I wanted to die. Uh <laughs> But if if you are still here, if you're able to suffer through that, welcome to Drazzled, the podcast that takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. I'm host, Jack Culbertson, 
Here to suffer alongside me, as always, is also host, Joe Nealis. Amen. Today we'll be abused by what is easily the worst movie we've ever covered. Without a doubt. A movie that spreads the, the definition of the word so thin that we're mandating a new rule to prevent this from ever happening again. Yeah, this actually changed the course of the show. Yeah. A movie so devastatingly awful that we've been forced to reunite epic film company Ramming Speed Pictures, LLC. Yes, Knifebreaker fans, today we are joined by Scott McGrath, one of the three 60-degree angles that create the Ramming Speed Triforce. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> welcome back to the trenches. Hey, it's honor to be here. Long-time listener, big fan. If you really make me pick a favorite host, it's Joe. <laughs> My heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he's the Ringo. No talent, but everybody loves him. <laughs> So Ringo Honestly, is Honestly, Joe, Becca. I would take that in a heartbeat if I were you. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Uh, Ringo is actually Becca's favorite Beatle. So, well, this, uh, all, this all well, tracks, huh? This all worked out well. Out. Scott, would you like to tell the listeners what we'll be fixing today? We will be... Uh, Jack says fixing, but I think really praising is probably what's going to happen. Uh, the Christmas special, Saving Christmas. Well, I think they've... The actual title, Kirk Cameron's yes. Saving Christmas? It, there are multiple Saving Christmases. At the, the, I'm particularly curious about the 2017 one starring Ed Asner. It doesn't look good either, but it doesn't <laughs> no. look this bad. Ooh, also Ed Asner. Feature. So, yeah. Rest in peace. All the movies on DeRazzle won Worst Picture at the Razzies the year they were begotten. Oh, this one did? Yeah. The Razzies, what? for those of you who don't know... Or something or reverse Oscars. <laughs> they recognize the worst film of the year. With 38 remaining movies to pick from and being aware of Scott's recent brush with evangelicals, I've suggested we cover Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Scott, are you ready to piss off some white people? Always, Jack. Always. <laughs> uh, so what, before we, we sat down and watched this movie, what exposure had you had to Saving Christmas? Uh, I, I knew they existed. I, I will say that. And... Um, having, like you said, had some brushings with, uh, Kirk Cameron's previous work. I knew it was on his list of films that he has starred in, although I guess technically he's not the star of this one. Well, I mean, he's not the protagonist, but. Yeah, he's. Is he, isn't he? It, I guess we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. If we must. <laughs> um, so I think now's a good time to say a, a brief disclaimer. Sure. Um, real quick, if if you are a person that does not like conversations about religion, uh, this movie is is you cannot talk about this movie without talking about evangelicalisms. Uh, <laughs> the real pronunciation. So, I, you know what? I actually practiced. I looked in the mirror. I was practicing this. Like when I went upstairs to quote unquote wash my hands, it was me just staring in the mirror and going evangelicals, evangelicals, mm -hmm. evangelicism. Evangelicalism. No. Evangelism. Evangelism. Evangelicals. Evangelicals? Evangelicals? Evangelical cats. Damn it. He's <laughs> coming back. And we're back. <laughs> uh, so so if, if you didn't it, say you didn't like the movie Dogma, you're probably not going to like this one either. Uh, our, our <laughs> not like the film, but not the episode. Now, right. Now, now I'm just thinking about that time that Kevin Smith <laughs> crashed a Dogma protest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you're a person who watched, um, fuck, what's the one that Scorsese did? 
with with Willem Dafoe as Jesus. Yeah, you, oh, if you know um, that one and you didn't like it, you're not gonna like this either. You're not gonna like that, no. Um, and and Scorsese's actually religious, so yeah. Um, on the other side, if you have severe religious trauma and don't think that you're going to want to be confronted by that, as I so surprisingly was, maybe sit this one out. Yeah, that's totally understandable. We don't expect anybody who would not be able to handle this to listen to it. Um. This stuff can get really heavy. It can really weigh on people quite ha- just quite a lot. So do what you have to do to take care of yourself. If you have to sit this one out, we we understand, and we'll see you. We'll see you on on the, on the on the next one. So normally, the order of things, I'll summarize the film, and then we'll we'll cover like those responsible. But you can't you learn about this film until you if you don't know who Kirk Cameron is, you cannot understand this movie. It's going to make even less sense. Yeah, to that's a hundred percent fair. Uh, so we're going to skip ahead briefly to. Who Kirk Cameron is. All right. (laughs) Kirk Cameron is to evangelicalism what Tom Cruise is to Scientology, but worse. If I didn't know that Tom Cruise was a Scientologist, I could watch his movies and have no idea he was a member. Kirk Cameron, on the other hand, is a congealed mass of Bible verses and narcissistic, sociopathic manipulation. He's a real Ted Bundy for Christ. Oh, God. (laughs) So what has this meat tube stuffed with right-wing propaganda done in his time on this earth? I will begrudgingly tell you. Before his lawyers reach out to <laughs> us. Uh, just going to keep ignoring that email. Uh, Kirk Cameron rose to fame as teen heartthrob in the ABC sitcom Growing Pains. Between 1985 and 1992, Kirk played Mike Seaver, being nominated for two Golden Globes for his performance. Previously an atheist, at the age of 17... Kirk became a born-again Christian. At this point, he began demanding that the series be rewritten to better match his beliefs. This includes, allegedly, but like almost certainly, uh, getting actress Julie McLeod, I think is how you say him, Julie McLeod, fired for appearing in Playboy. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, as well as like other minor plot points, but like that's the big one that... I mean, that's... Yeah. That's a lot. Because, like, the, the, the writers have been, like, building to them, like, getting married. And he's like, nope. Um, he also didn't invite his his crew, uh, his cast members to his wedding. He, like, uninvited them all. Because <laughs> they weren't the most Jesus. Uh, oh, God. He, so he, he got rid of the one girlfriend and he brought, brought in his actual girlfriend, Chelsea Noble, to play his girlfriend in the series. Which they uh, ha- married shortly after and are married to this day simplest solution right um and that's that's what kirk must be thinking because anytime he plays a role where he has to kiss an actress he has his wife stand in because it's a sin i guess all his theater people are sinners every last one his greatest sin however and i've read this literally nowhere is getting the character of richard boner stabone Sent off to the Marines at the end of season four, presumably for his unfortunate moniker. Wait, hold on. Well, he sent. Wait, what? he tried to send Boner off to die. L- literally read this nowhere. Just assuming, from my own beliefs, that he got rid of Boner. Well, I mean, to be fair, Kirk Cameron has gotten rid of a lot of Boners. <laughs> sent him off to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's... Hey, you want Netflix and chill? Boo. Got a real no, never seen it on there. Never seen a dick actually run away. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it go, my God. Uh 
Kirk's greatest contribution to the downfall of human of the human race is the creation of evangelical ministry, the way of the master co-founded with the only unlikable New Zealander I've ever heard of Ray comfort. <laughs> the organization teaches evangelicals how to evangelize. Uh, in one educational video, Ray teaches us that the banana is quote, an atheist's oh, nightmare. God. <laughs> an atheist's nightmare. <laughs> As it's designed with good grip and a built-in zipper. A non-slip grip, I believe, is is really one of its selling features. I think non he did say non-slip, yeah. However, when people pointed out that the modern banana was brought about through artificial selection and that wild bananas are small and taste like shit, yep. he, took, he took that video down. But huh. hey, facts and science are for libtards. Get out. It's going to get worse. Uh, I... <laughs> I could honestly go on forever about this douchebag and the harm that evangelicism has done to the modern political landscape uh, and, frankly, the rest of the Christian religion. TLDR a lot. But this podcast is called Drazzled, and we fix movies, not existential dread. The yeah. slow slide into entropy. Yeah, not much we can do about that yet. Who mm. wants to hear a movie summary? Me neither. Okay. Is it going uh, to be about a movie or is it going to be about this thing? It's going to be about this thing. It's going to be about this thing. Good golly. Uh, so this this is by far the longest script that I've written um, for this show. <laughs> and the summary of the movie is the longest part of the script. And it is the shortest movie we've covered to date. The, none of these things should align in that no. way. Like, the the this is like this is a House of Leaves fucking situation yeah. here. <laughs> we open on smug douchebag lounging by the fire in his palatial abode. If you didn't already know, this is manipulative toad Kirk Cameron. He's here to immediately immediately dispel any notion of Saving Christmas being a normal functioning film with a beginning, middle, and end. Freytag's pyramid is Satan's butt plug. <laughs> Kirk has something he needs to get off his chest. Kirk Cameron loves Christmas. So brave. So, so brave. He rattles off a list of things Warrior. he likes about Christmas, reminding me of my own award-winning and better-written Christmas poem from the fifth grade. Is it the one you won the award for? <laughs> it sure is. See, yeah, you know what you're talking about. You're qualified to tackle the subject. <laughs> that part of me is dead because of people like Kirk Cameron. Yeah, that makes yeah. perfect sense. <laughs> Kirk tells the first of many bold-faced lies, the worst being people are more kind during Christmas season. This is a man who's clearly never worked retail a day in his yeah, life. Yeah, every <laughs> retail and food service employee. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to Rite Aid and Hot Topic and everywhere else I've worked that's required holiday I'm, work. The cafeteria, the closer it gets to Christmas, mm -hmm. the general like humidity of hatred is just congealing in that place. Just get your fries and go. No, that's the gravy. Oh, that's... <laughs> Uh, take your biscuits and gravy and get the fuck out. Uh, he rambles about the Jungian theory of collective unconscious, how the human hive mind understands that something big happened on Christmas. I call this shared trauma. <laughs> hey, did you know very relatable human being Kirk Cameron loves hot chocolate? See, he's just like you and me. Mouth hole I moist. like hot chocolate. See? I'm just like Kirk. You're just like Kirk. <laughs> just like Kirk. Mouth hole moistened, Kirk gets to the crux of this theory. He warns his fellow Christians that the world is full of two types of shitheels out to kill Christmas. 
Poor victimized Kirk Cameron cries wolf, saying that the world's full of Grinches, who have a, a real don't-ask-don't-tell approach to how the holidays are handled. The other option, however, is even worse. There are traitors within Christianity that reject Christmas as it's currently celebrated because of its pagan roots. Kirk pauses to take a human sip of very human real hot cocoa as per the stage directions. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the, the cup is it's, it's empty. It's, 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 empty. it's incredibly empty. empty. Yeah. It's like... False. It's full of liberal tears. It's, <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Set designer Ben right. Shapiro. I forgot. Um, <laughs> Mercifully, Kirk has a third option, one that lets Santa join the team, one that takes about 80 minutes to cover. <laughs> he takes a final sip of cocoa-less cup coffee, <laughs> enjoying the taste of, I said, lies, and uh, as they roll down his sour, sour like pit of a throat. But liberal tears works, works good. Uh, so that's where Boba Fett mm -hmm. went. <laughs> okay. We finally got him back. Uh, the Cam Fam logo appears on the screen, writhing like a transformer on bath salts. <laughs> The movie begins for a reel this time, opening on a gruff bearded man slumped over a table. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> the time period is ambiguous, but definitely before electricity. His brooding is interrupted by a youngish girl. Fearful, she tells the bearded man that he is at, a ta at the tavern. The man with the shepherd's hook walks through the forest, the brutal cold biting at his face. The slowest I've ever seen another person walk. Yeah. He's, he's probably a little drunk. And it's also in slow motion. Yeah. The disembodied voice of Kirk Cameron rises through the mist. Kirk, his voice smooth and understanding, talks about stories and how we understand stories and how he gets tired of stories. And after repeating stories, some of the scary stories become so. I, uh, Kirk Cameron, anti-censorship crusader. Uh, I blacked out somewhere halfway through that diatribe. Voice over Kirk. Um, I, so I'm referring to them as two different people for the for the purposes of this. So it's voice over Kirk and then Kirk. Kirk. Sure. That gets confusing, but we'll get into it later. Yeah. So he like dry fucks a segue from the old timey <laughs> beard man to modern day goatee dabod. Now, finally, finally, the movie can the opening credits roll, an animated recreation of the nativity and scene. It's so fucking good. Scored <laughs> scored by a ska version of Oh Holy Night. <laughs> it's so this, good. This was unironically the best part yeah. of the movie. Easily. Yeah, like Just this legitimately <laughs> got me excited. Like, I wanted to get up and skank during this intro. <laughs> Just. I was like, this movie is going to be a lot of fun. It, I was like, it oh, has nothing to do with anything funny. else. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: the creator of VeggieTales was asked to do the opening, and he's like, no. <laughs> no, no. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the movie starts for really real this time. We're inside a very expensive home, the kind that when I was a kid, my mom would pull me aside and whisper into my ear, like, "Don't touch anything." <laughs> just one of the guys Kirk Cameron freezes time to remind us that, that the douchebag on screen is him thank god I forgot his name between his tag talk and now he'll be starring in the role of Kirk Cameron played by played by Kirk, Kirk Cameron. Cameron also resembling celebrity Kirk Cameron they couldn't get Carl Urban <laughs> funny you should mention that Kirk is forced to talk to his regular sister since his famous sister Candace Cameron Burr a Full House fame is off making a different Christmas movie. At least that's what I assume, since she has literally made one, at least one Christmas movie per year for the last decade. Wait, 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 mm wait. -hmm. Wait. Mm -hmm. So that's not actually his sister in this movie. It is his sister. It's just the lame oh, one. Different sister. Oh, it's a different sister. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't well, think I knew that Joe, he was related I, to the uh, to this the, sister the is um is not a famous actor. I hate to illuminate yeah. this spoiler. To I you. I Just never would have guessed. Naturally talented. <laughs> Just uh, has so much such a such dynamic facial features and expressions. You just you just find a gem. Uh, anyway, fucking Bridget talks about how thrifty she is. <laughs> she saved so much money that she can afford to employ their down on their luck uncle to play Santa. Pause for privileged laughter. Uh, <laughs> 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 Kirk asks where his brother-in-law, Christian, is hiding. That, that's going to get confusing. Talking about Christian and Christian. Uh, yeah. Just taking notes on it was confusing. Yeah. It, like, they didn't have to do that. Like, we, like, but we, we know what the fucking movie's about. Subtle. It's subtle. <laughs> Christian will serve as the proxy character representing option B from Kirk's thesis. That being the Christian who doesn't like modern day Christmas because of its use of pagan tradition. Kirk's sister admits that Christian just isn't into Christmas this year. That motherfucker. How fucking dare. Voiceover Kirk tells us that stories are stories and characters in stories have reasons and characters in the stories. Neil Gaiman vomits somewhere and doesn't understand why. (laughs) Listening to him try to talk about how stories are made was so there's there's this issue of Justice League by Grant Morrison where the Justice League goes inside the Joker's mind and they can't get out because it just constantly is mutating and that is what it's like trying to like wrap my head around Kirk Cameron's logic. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Either that or like having like a snake uh, bite my dick and just like swipping around like what's happening? (laughs) Uh, These those are two very different images Jack. (laughs) They both communicate how I feel towards Kirk Cameron's storytelling ability. Fair, fair enough. Uh, he offers several acceptable reasons for not liking Christmas. Death and no money. That's it. That's it? <laughs> That's it. That's all. But when the camera lands on Christian, Kirk reiterates that this piece of human shit just doesn't like it. Fuck you, Christian. He, I mean, look at his face. It, <laughs> he, he doesn't like it, guys. He really doesn't like it. We climb into the mind of this fucking sicko to see what <laughs> see what Christmas looks like through his perverse eyes. We see a haunted scene of children being rambunctious and adults faking happiness. We cringe at the thought of obligation. Christian sees decorations as perversions. He sees capitalism, materialism, paganism, elf worship. <laughs> I forgot about elf worship. Oh, sweet Jesus. This... Man's feelings are a slap in the face of Christmas. I hate myself so much. Before Kirk works himself into a tizzy, we are into... Oh, God damn it. We're going to send jokes out of the room for a little bit. Okay, jokes jokes are out of the room. We were interrupted by the introduction of token black character number one. I mean, DeAndre. Hmm. DeAndre is a dim-witted black character played for comedic relief. Here's what I'm going to say about his performance in the scene... Uh, one other scene that he's in a little later on. Since 2009, Tyler Perry of the Medea film franchise and Spike Lee, director of Do the Right Thing, Black Linesman, have been in an open feud concerning the topic called coonery buffoonery. This is in relation to the long history of black actors only being able to get roles where they are playing the dim-witted black character played for comedic relief, often utilizing tropes from the incredibly racist minstrel shows of the 1800s and vaudeville. I'll be damned if I get in the middle of that argument, but I'm pretty sure both Perry and Lee would fucking hate this scene. Probably. I mean, he's one of two black people that we see in the entire movie, and he is 
just immediately incomprehensible and uncomprehending. I, like he like he's directly for no reason made to just like misunderstand things that Christian says to him so that he can say funny fast-paced yeah. things. Uh and also yeah and also that phrase was awful. <laughs> I felt uncomfortable saying it. Yep. Uh and I was like maybe Spike Lee just said it once and I'm like nope that's the name of the topic. Yeah. Fuck. Um I feel like the richest part of this interaction is like not only is the dialogue so terrible but then there's like a 30 second montage of him continuing to talk where the audio is just muted because yeah. Christian like is just like killing himself inside and you're just like this says so many things that I never right. want to think about. Yep. Yeah, it's like you can tell that like they just told him to they just told the uh, what was the character's name again? DeAndre's a DeAndre. character. Name. Yeah, they t- they they told DeAndre's actor to just 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 riff for a yeah. little while. Just like Which just, you actually see in the post credit. Yeah, that's yeah, there's more of it. <laughs> they have like a bunch of takes of uh, or outtakes yeah. of his uh, of his just nonsense riffing. So spoilers, DeAndre doesn't show up in the the fix. Um, okay. But I was like, how would I fix this character so that it wasn't so deeply offensive? You'd make him self-aware. Yeah, yeah. He's completely aware of what he's doing to Christian, which is, yeah. one, way funnier. That's actually way funnier. Yeah, if he's just fucking with Christian because yeah. he's, like, one of two black people in this yeah. entire party. Maybe three <laughs> yeah. black people in this entire, like, there's, house there's full there's of a people. Child. And, yeah. like, 20 seconds into their interaction, that's exactly what I thought was happening. And right. then you reach the point where you're like, oh no, no. this is this is straight and dry as it gets. Mm-hmm. It's like there it was like a bell curve of like, oh no, oh wait a minute, oh no. <laughs> and then they start talking about like office politics, and I wanted to die. Um, great. So here's what and I. Then they just they just mute him because the only right. thing worse than so as for the actual scene. Looking like an idiot is just muting them entirely. It's a bad scene. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. It it's a bad worse. scene. It get, and it gets worse. It does <laughs> yeah, it get worse later. Worse. Yeah. Um. Back to the script. <laughs> Do we bring jokes back into the room? Yeah, the jokes are back. Oh, in the thank room. fuck. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, as for the actual scene, I've watched it six times with subtitles, and I have no idea what happened. I have to assume that, given that evangelicalism is uh, its own insular culture, that something is lost in translation. Um, so we're going to move on. Uh, don't worry. You're not missing anything. Fuck the scene. Uh, yeah. before we get back to Kirk, uh, I want to shout out to the only likable character in the movie, uncle Bill, who is an old fella. Yeah. He sits on the couch on his phone, minding Shuts his own the fuck fucking up. business. Love it. Yep. Love it. He's just, he's just sitting there yeah. with a mug of eggnog, just like uh, watch, watching, watching his stories. He's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. He's not bothering anybody. He's not contributing to the, to anything that's happening on screen. I loved him. Thank you, more Bill. more Bill. Kirk proves that he has no understanding of boundaries. Discovering Christian hiding in his car, he bursts in saying, "He needs an intervention." <laughs> Literally says that. that. He does verbatim. Yeah. That is what he says. This pisses me off on so many levels. Uh, yeah. Also, briefly sending jokes out of the room. <laughs> okay, my um, jokes. It it seems pretty obvious to me that Christian has like social anxiety and just like needed a minute to catch his breath before he like went back into an overstimulating situation. Yeah. Maybe I'm projecting. <laughs> Either way, Kirk ignores his desire for privacy. Yeah. All right. Joke, jokes back in. Uh, the main takeaway, however, is that Christian should lock his doors. <laughs> <laughs> it won't keep a Kirk camera now, but it will slow it Honestly, down. Honestly, he's he, rich. He, he's he, got to have power locks. Like <sighs> right. 
No, Kirk Probably Cameron, alarm. Kirk, Kirk Cameron yeah. will come in through the sunroof or <laughs> T-1000 style up through the muffler. I was thinking yes. that. Yeah. Yep. Gross. Uh, unprompted, Christian goes into a Rorschachian monologue about the human filth that populate the streets, the greed, the overconsumption, the savagery of children disemboweling presence. And if he had turned to Kirk and said, I'm not trapped in here with you, you're you trapped, trapped in here with me, me. <laughs> I would not have been surprised. <laughs> Instead, he finishes by saying that Christmas, as it is currently celebrated, cannot be what God wants. As an example, he brings up a snow globe containing the nativity scene, which is tucked in a corner while the Christmas tree takes center stage. And for the finishing move, he points out that Jesus wasn't even born in December. Boom. Checkmate. Got him. Ah, but Wiley Kirk Cameron, (laughs) he's like, yeah, 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 I feel you. I feel you. I absolutely agree. Uh, Fist bump. And then he he he, does, he steals he his maneuver with a fist bump. Mm-hmm. Then, with Christian at ease, Kirk invalidates uh, everything Chris has told him, saying, "Quote: You're all wrong." Yeah, it's super it's upsetting. A, it's um, a very weighty but in there that just sends tremors through your soul. He continues you, to you. pass. What's up? But yeah, yeah, I'm not racist. But. <laughs> Yeah. But <laughs> I don't want to have a black person speak on screen. <laughs> I'm just it, going it's, take funny. That. it's funny because Christian's also the director. <laughs> uh, he, he continues to passive aggressively accuse Chris. I This is the one time in the script I was like, maybe I'll just rename him the Chris. Oh, um, yeah. Chris for drinking the Kool-Aid and ruining Christmas for his wife and everyone else. Furthermore, Christian's been listening to the wrong information. Wake up, sheeple! <laughs> In all seriousness, uh, this is the scene where this particular movie stopped being fun to me. Like, I'm like, ah, this is some kind of trauma being kicked up. I'm going to have to process this later. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. Now, I can absolutely see how that would be the moment where yeah. that turn comes into play because it is just ramming information down somebody's throat who clearly does not want it in that moment. Who that, like, that is not what that person needs. Well, it's not even, and, and all, I do have like a section set aside to talk about this specifically, but. It's that he lets Christian think he's allowed to say what he needs to get off his chest. Yep. Invalidates all of it and then gaslights him. Yeah. Uh, that That is, in essence, how Kirk Cameron handles this. And it's like if, if I were Christian in this instance, I would I would feel like I'm going insane. Uh, but we'll get more to that uh, later. There's plenty of it. Christian's goal is to honor and glorify Jesus. Kirk's goal is to explain that Christmas already does that as is. Kirk retorts that the nativity scene does that thing, which is not something Christian ever disagreed with. No, that's not, not a point he was <laughs> nope. trying to make at any stage mm. of this. We cut to a close-up of a like, really well-lit rock inside <laughs> of a cave. And this is where voiceover Kirk and real Kirk become one. <laughs> And it got real fucking confusing because they had not prefaced no. that for us in any way, shape, or form. So, like, hay begins to rain onto the rock. This is relevant because Jesus was born into a manger. Manger. Have hay. Which is made from a rock, which is filled with hay. Rock egg. Rock egg. It's a, hay, a rock hay egg. <laughs> Kirk asks us to imagine baby... God damn it. Kirk asks us to, be, to imagine babies being slaughtered by soldiers. Metal as Brutal. Kirk sets the stage with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Kirk then immediately strikes the stage, including Jesus. Don't panic. Stop panicking. He specifically says, do not panic. 
he he just wants to look at a prop responsible for JB's JB's Jeebus baby Jesus's <laughs> birth. Oh boy. No, not lady parts or immaculate conception. Nope. Jesus Jesus's blankie. This is important because in the Bible, uh, this cloth reappears at Jesus's death. Not the exact cloth, but a cloth in general. This is called reintegration and is a particularly effective writing tool. So good job, Bible. <laughs> I guess. Uh, this has nothing to do with Christmas, but good to know. I'm going to quote Kirk because I was like fucking lost by this point. Um, <clears throat> quote, because that cloth couldn't hold him, death still cannot win. End quote. I should clear it all up. Hey, fun fact. <laughs> Three wise men brought uh, frankincense and myrrh as gifts because those were burial spices, um, which is like kind of demented <laughs> to bring. Like, I just heard burrito spices. Bring burrito spices, which like nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hey, we. we is that we, the blanket for it? Just like roll it up. and It's <laughs> actually a tortilla. <laughs> so Kirk's just hungry. Kirk's just He's hungry. Just, it's, I, it's, it's all a metaphor for him needing to get some burrito. Yep. You know, finally. Sorry. Relatable. What, can, can you, what did you actually say? Yeah, what did you actually oh, say? Oh, what kind of spices? Beer, burial. Oh, spices. Bar, burial, burial spices. Okay. Burial. It did, I, I heard burrito as well, Scott. So that's, yeah. I, I... Uh, so it's, it's kind of demented that they brought funeral accoutrement to baby shower? Yeah, so it's the exact opposite of what's being... <laughs> it, it doesn't matter because, like, theolo- theologians have said that this is all bullshit. Wee! Yeah. Um, n- the, my favorite part about doing this script was being able to read other theologians, like biblical theologians and like biblical scholars, see like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's not true. Yes, fantastic. I'd like to quote Kirk again. Quote: A baby who came to die, but not until the appointed time. Yes, that is the reason for the season, right there. End quote. What does any of this have to do with Christian's disdain for modern Christian uh, Christmas tradition? Nothing. Not a fucking thing. And since there was no point, Christian doesn't get the point. (laughs) Instead, he's like, we should surround the fireplace with soldiers who are out for baby blood. And I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. That's that's metal as fuck. Let's do that. I'm kind of with you at this one point. (laughs) And then I lose it. Uh, So this is when we cut to DeAndre joining a man credited oh, as God. conspiracy theorist um in real is life he, well, is he actually credited yeah. that way yeah because i was like what am i supposed to call this guy so like his real name is raffi and that's what i'm gonna call him because yeah like, calling him conspiracy theorist is super demeaning it super is yes. um especially because like if he had like one line I'd be like okay but is this like a person that like i know or do you just like look at that guy and like know that his name is raffi no, no that's a, that's a, the actor's name y- yeah but like oh i knew that I just by but I don't at him. know him from anything, do I? Like you just look at him, you're he, like, that guy is that's a Raffi. So <laughs> he has never acted in anything else, but he is like a frequent collaborator of Kirk Cameron. Ah, uh, okay. Um, just just as looks like a Raffi. Just looks like he does it's look just, like a Raffi. He's got a Raffi face. Uh, yeah. Like a normal human being, DeAndre sits with his back to Raffi to discuss hashtag war on Christmas. He does say hashtag, doesn't he? He doesn't. But he might as well have. I thought he. I thought he did. Yeah, honestly, thought he did. the, the yeah. whole the you whole diatribe is so stupid it and bizarre really that it may as well have started with hashtag. Raffi turns Santa away from him, sig- signaling to me that they're about to do butt stuff. He doesn't want Santa to have to watch. <laughs> but I was wrong. Instead, we get a conspiracy theory rant. Mugs up. 
He complains about not being able to say Merry Christmas at work and how Christmas trees are kept at Area 52. He accuses the government of giving us Asperger's through fluoride injections in the water supply, which is super ableist. It's incredibly ableist, yeah. But, but if we stopped every time this movie was shitty to marginalized people, this would be a six-part series. <laughs> are you trying to kill me? <laughs> he brings up chemtrails and harp before taking a full header to the deep end, name-dropping Loose Change, a documentary about how 9-11 was an inside job. And fuck you for getting me to admit I knew that reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah. Uh, he says he saw it on Fox News, so he knows it's true, which is super confusing because Kirk Cameron is an admitted, like, super right-wing nut. But, like, the vibe I'm getting from this scene is that Fox News in The War of Christmas is bullshit. So I, don't, I don't know, like, what the... The messaging yeah. is extremely mixed and yeah. poorly conceived. Yeah. Yeah. It, Go it, figure. The, like, feeling I got from it was, like, this is, like... Kurt Cameron's take on like what we think the like right says, you know? Okay. That's of, like, a, very like this meta asinine bullshit that is like, yeah, this is how they, they think we are. <laughs> but cause it's, cause this movie, like the audience is like Christians, right? Yeah. So I guess in some weird lens, like maybe that hits differently to someone else, but for logical people it's just extremely confusing what that this slant is yeah it's weird especially the name dropping fox news anyway the scene the scene leaves on a cliffhanger a call to action um here's <laughs> what here's what we have to do and we never hear him talk again like that's yeah it. You're yeah just, that's it's it. It, it the thing that makes me the most mad about that scene aside from the fact that it is portraying yet another person of color in the film as like an incompetent whack job. If you've ever seen the room, there is a, there is a character who mentions, yep, I definitely have breast cancer and it's never mentioned again. That's, that's a called slice of life filming, like storytelling where you're like, it's, it's not the, the, the point of the story isn't to, Expand don't, upon that. <laughs> don't give, don't give Tommy Wiseau or Kirk Cameron credit. Stop it. No, it's bad. It's, it is a it is a dangling thread that you think is going to come back at some point and be significant, and it never fucking is. This whole conversation amounts to nothing. No, it's just point. it's just comedic relief for. I mean, I think it's also like what makes it even more painful is that half the scene. Like in order to hide their mouse, he goes like mugs up, and then he talks yeah. behind a mug, but he they, they do it in a voiceover instead. Yeah, the ADR, is, all the all the, all the dialogue. I don't. So it's it's really just perplexing. visually and audially just a nightmare. <laughs> it really is. So, so there we go. The Finish that podcast because I just summarized it all. You're welcome. Well, good night, everybody. Christian points out that the Christmas tree isn't in the Bible. It's a pagan symbol for worshiping someone. He doesn't know. He forgets who Thor is and calls him Th- Thor Cyrus. He like combines like of all the, of all of the like Norse gods or pagan gods to like not remember the name of. Yeah, you know the one that has multiple Marvel movies out at this point. <laughs> so he doesn't know. His name Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man. The, the, yeah. the, the pagan god Spider Man. Uh, I assume they're trying to write Christian. <laughs> Uh, I assume they're trying to like write Christian as someone not like unlike myself who can read uh, and knows that Christmas iconography derives from 
pagan traditions, except right. they, they write Christian in this moment as a complete fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, I also love that every time they say pagan in this film, which is many, uh-huh. it's like said with the real, and excuse my plosive here, but like, pagans! Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, like they're just it's got to choke a, the word out there. It's got some real zazz on it. <laughs> they, they use Spicy. pagan, and they use another word. They use druid, and they use them mm. interchangeably, and they have no idea what the difference is. No, no, no. clear like, understanding of what either of these things Druids mean. are a class in fantasy yes, tabletop. Thank games. you. <laughs> they use spells. Um, I can name a few. Let's see. I have them listed here. Like, they get animal companions. They can wild shape. Yeah, pagans don't wild shape. Fucking idiots. Dumbasses. Merry Christmas, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, y- yes. If if I if I generalize Christianity the same way these dicks generalized like literally any other religion, <laughs> I wake anything up else? to like sixty Fred Phelps on my lawn. Oh Christ! <laughs> uh, Kirk Kirk challenges Christian, saying, "Well, when was Jesus born? If not in December?" And they make fun of Wikipedia, which is like whatever. But they didn't read the article which is like what we just discussed yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and skip past that chunk i digress i digress so hard that we've gone back to the beginning genesis <laughs> why genesis because that's where christmas trees come from confused let me make it worse <laughs> god made two trees good tree and bad tree good tree was then brought into the house god then decorates these trees with lights and fruit and God thought of it first, druids. Suck it! Like, what the fuck are you uh, going... What do you want about? <laughs> what does this mean? Um, the earliest mention of druids comes from the 4th century BCE, predating Christianity, uh, which does not occur till the 1st century CE. But it's fine. Through the power of comic book retcons, God called dibs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Also, the church didn't celebrate Christians, uh, Christ's birth during the winter solstice to erase the pagan traditions. Nope. Impossible. Why? I'll tell you. God invented the winter solstice because God invented winter. So, quote, <laughs> enough of what pagans want us to see, end quote. You know, those pagans always trying to evangelize their pagan shit to you. Yeah. Always shoving the religion yeah. down your throat. All those, all those pagans knocking on your door during the solstice to hand you pamphlets. <laughs> Hand you out trees. <laughs> Just delivering a tree, a tree that you didn't ask for. No. That would Put be... this in your tabernacle, you son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, let's talk about Adam eating uh, forbidden fruit. All right. Segways don't exist in this movie. No. Uh, Kirk corrects my understanding of how stealing works, saying that when you steal, you're required to give it back. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> so... Kirk. You want to say it a little later, uh, louder for the natives in back? Because <laughs> they're quite vexed. Mm, oh, God. Adam can't do that because he ate the apple and you can't give it back because that would be poop. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a loophole. The apple became part of Adam. Adam could put himself back on the tree, except he didn't. But what did Jesus do? WDJD? He put himself on the Christmas tree. Quote, so when you walk into a Christmas tree lot, I want you to see hundreds of crosses, which is 
maybe this is the Catholic part of me, but like that's so bloody. That's, that's, so, yeah. that's so bloody. It's the darkest thing. <laughs> Kirk's smuggery returns because he's finally got Christian where he wants him. Stupefied to the point of misery. Guilt-ridden, Christian says he he wasn't looking hard enough, which like, bud, you can't see what's not there. But wait, Christian has one last trick. Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Christian reminds us that the letters of Santa can be rearranged to spell Satan. And Saint Satan Santa is the reason Jesus is gone from Christmas. What's more offensive is that this filthy foreigner is taking God's job. Good American God's jobs. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's God's job to decide who is naughty and who is nice. Christian compares this to carjacking, which <laughs> led into him seeing rolling, 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 which my boys here uh, thought was reference to Limp Bizkit, <laughs> but it's actually the theme of Rawhide, popularized in 1980s Blues Brothers. Then, holy shit, <laughs> we get this like security cam footage of a drunk mall Santa staring into the screen like out of nowhere. Oh my God, this is when the game yeah. uh, Like literally like security cam footage. Of dirty old stanky Santa, his grubby mitts hungry for a bite of God's job. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk, Kirk stops small Santa just before he's about to like step through the, the screen like the moist girl from the rain. It really feels like a Samara <laughs> moment. Like this Kirk Cameron ass Santa is going to reach through this grainy screen yeah. and just rip my soul out. But Kirk, Kirk would like to introduce us to the real Santa. We then cut to the the beard shepherd fellow from the beginning. It it, it all comes back around. Uh, this is this is Santa, or rather Nicholas, the bishop. Saint of Nicholas Cage. Saint Nicholas Cage of Myra. <laughs> <laughs> this this was a real man. Um, he lives in what is like modern day Turkey around like 300 CE. Uh, Kirk starts accu accurately enough, saying that the man was known for being generous to the poor and children and giving gifts and money, la la la. Then he gets like maybe a little less true. Um, like historians kind of aren't sure if um, if Nicholas was at the Council of Nicaea. Uh, but then we arrive at is probably not true, which is Saint Nicholas whooping some motherfucking ass. Yeah. No, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was dubstep. It was wub-wub yeah, dubstep. Was some, there was some wub-wub dubstep, but I really wanted it to be oh, yeah, like just metal. Like, yeah, I wanted it to just go yeah. as fucking hard and heavy as it could as we, he whipped listen. the shit out of this guy. I can't wait for you guys to hear my fix. I try. I'm, oh, God. Uh, so we see Santa rock this Greek dude's world. Um, the Greek dude is it's Raf is Rafi is well the in in the story within the story it's uh, Arius right right um, but he's but it, visually he's played by played by the conspiracy theorist yeah which like I assume was meant to have deeper meaning and have more weight to it but it just kind of comes across as like the, as another person of color being abused in this movie uh, I wrote it as seeing a scruffy white dude enter a room of intelligent debate and beat the fuck out of a person of color which is a bad look no matter how you cut it uh, yep. Kirk says it's fine, though, because things were too dire for, and he says, political correctness. But did he actually yeah. say that? I think I was oh, so spellbound yeah. by what was happening on the screen that I completely <laughs> well, It was kind of like badass, but that. also awful. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, is, is like, this, like there's this train wreck happening in front of me that I think audibly my ears just like turn themselves off. So St. Nicholas dubsteps his way back to his house. <laughs> <laughs> he receives some in a anachronistic snark then plows the maid that's fact or at least as factual as the dubstep fight post coitus santa claus yells quote 
come on, let's go bless some kids tonight. Ho, 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 indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Santa is the man, Christian exclaims, just before realizing that he is a jerk for having feelings and being an introvert. Fuck you, Christian. (laughs) Kirsch says it's cool. He just needs to go in and apologize to his wife and save Christmas. Christian disassociates, pumping himself up like Jake LaMotta in Raging Bull. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy. Uh, Over and over and over again, like way longer than it should have been. Um, Creeping hallucination, Kirk Cameron then tells Christian to see Christmas with new eyes. This apparently means like belly sliding in slow motion into the Christmas tree. I don't know. Maybe it's an evangelical thing. We cut to DeAndre calling for an amen while in the background, an extra spikes the camera. Fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> little girl <laughs> um, it's clearly like all these extras are just like family members of people on the crew I believe it's a, a church congregation well they're not very good actors <clears throat> uh, from his place on the floor Christian with voiceover Kirk as his guide is told to see the gift boxes in silhouette imagining them as a city skyline this symbolizes the new Jerusalem built by the architect God. A city decorated in stones, and at the center, a tree, just like a Christmas tree, a.k.a. the Tree of Life, the one that was located in the Garden of Eden that Jesus died for, that we could be, like, let back in because the Christmas tree is also a cross, that Jesus, who's, who isn't Adam, but is the last Adam, Jack, your nose Adam is who bleeding. ate the fruit, <laughs> and the fruit became part of him, and maybe an apple, that isn't a metaphor for penetration, don't even don't say that even because know. people hate that online i've been to some <laughs> weird places this week so <laughs> so apple jesus climbed onto the cross which is pretty much like putting the fruit back on the tree cross christmas tree and is covered in little lights because jesus is the light of the world trees are good guys guys trees are good i can never look at a box of apple jacks the same way ever again thanks for that bargain bin drop murphy's <laughs> <laughs> Bargain Mid Dropkick Murphy's plays under a slideshow of a group taking photos with a serial killer Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> There's more Kirk Cameron voiceover bullshit, but, but honestly, I'm done. Uh, fuck this fucking movie. <laughs> fuck this joyless piece of shit. Fuck Kirk Cameron, his inability to, sp- or his his ability to spin strands of lunacy into whatever, like, whatever the fuck he wants. That table, Joe, this table, this table, that's God's table. Why? Because God invented tables. When you see this table, when you think of God, Joe, like the like the Last Supper, it's a table. Jesus died because Adam ate a naughty apple. <laughs> think about it, you miserable sinning sack of shit. Jack, are you okay? Jesus died for apples, <laughs> and that's why we shove an apple in the pig's ass. <laughs> oh, anyway, which I think before. actually happens in the ending. So I, uh, anyway. <laughs> It was it was at the twenty minute mark when I hit the <laughs> I hit the the double playback speed because <laughs> I was yeah. like I can't do it. can't do it again. No. Uh, this includes a scene where Kirk Cameron's sister comes onto the actor husband asking Big Papa what he has in mind. Oh God, I forgot about the Big Papa. Um, yeah, uh, this dump truck fuck is avoided by a ten minute hip hop dance. Uh, I, I use the hip hop. But it's fantastic not that. because what you're saying, like that, you know, you can't kiss someone on the screen unless it's your your wife. Right. Like the logical thing is, he comes back and he's like, "I'm so sorry, smooch." 
He's like, I'm so sorry. You don't know be easier in kissing you. I've orchestrated an entire hip hop show right. uh, in the walk between the car and the house. Thank that God. would make more sense than what happens, which is him just bringing in Fox Force 5, the Family Force 5, friendly fuck fingers, <laughs> feral. <laughs> what? The, the ferret, fecal ferret. What, what the fuck is this thing called? Fecal family ferret. Force 5 is the name of the Fam- band. Family. No, I don't know what that word is. It, uh, wait, is, this, is this the band or the dance crew? I don't know. It's the band. It is the band that okay. they are dancing to. Okay, so <laughs> fecal force five, got it. I'm keeping all of that in. <laughs> More fecal. So I, I wrote, there comes a moment in every artist's life where you wonder if you should just give up. Uh, these final moments played at double speed were mine. Muted, subtitled double speed, watching Car- Cameron do the worm made me wish I'd gone into accounting. <laughs> Kirk finishes by endorsing gl- uh, gluttony. Something I know is a deadly sin. I've watched Seven like 80 times, and that guy fucking drowns in spaghetti. He does. That's absolutely what happens. <laughs> Kirk wishes uh, us... Morgan Freeman would like a word, sir. <laughs> uh, Kirk wishes, wishes us and our families a Merry Christmas. We get a blooper reel and a freestyle uh, scene. They they name drop James Cameron, who feels cool and <laughs> crawl across his neck even, every time somebody listens to the scene. That No, that fucking... That, that fucking freestyle, the worst freestyle rap I think I've ever heard in my life, was totally worth it just because that, <laughs> not, not James. Not James, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> that was, hats off to Raffi. Oh, uh, well done, sir. Well, uh, I, that, like, last actual scene where they're, like, at the table and he just, like, praises materialism for, like, five minutes. Yeah. It, it yeah. seems super, like... Not the way anything is supposed to work. Yeah, it's just like it's like a master class and just gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen? All I can think of was Have you ever seen Denis Villeneuve's? Uh, he did a short film like years ago called Next Floor. No. Um, it's it's, oh, it's all I could think of when I'm watching this. It's basically the short film. Like, the entire concept is like you just see like a bunch of weird old bald creepy looking people sitting around a table just absolutely like stuffing their faces with the most like disgusting bloody looking food and then mm, the floor yeah. starts creaking and creaking and there's a band playing throughout and eventually the floor just pff, falls through the entire table goes down lands onto the next floor and the old musicians are like next floor please and they run down the stairs to the next floor and then eventually they start eating again and this happens like 10 times and that's basically the entire it's very satirical but that's, that's like kind of great actually i just oh. i couldn't help but like see that scene like intercut with this materialism <laughs> pornography moment yeah though if i'm not mistaken we got like one last shot of bill we did get a really quick bill shot that's yeah. true yeah. but again that's part of the movie Oh, outside, aside, aside from the ska intro, was does that uh, mean he got final billing? Goodbye. <laughs> what a great time to send jokes out of the room. <laughs> uh, so, so as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to talk briefly about religious trauma. Okay. Uh, so originally, I was going to go into a portion of like those responsible that covered the rise and, and change of evangelicals, which like I personally think is fascinating. Um, but it doesn't really add anything to the episode, like understanding what Cameron believes and how he 
spreads his belief is is enough for our purposes. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, however, uh, I mentioned the scene in the car where Kirk like leaps over the boundaries that Christian set, like listens to Christian, acts like his friend, and then invalidate invalidates all of it. Uh, more so, he puts blame on Christian. Yeah, which is really fucked up. Um, this is a fictional like bullshit movie. But in my own experiences, this is something that happened over and over and over throughout my upbringing. I was same uh, R- Roman Catholic on one side, yeah. and then uh, I would say like soft evangelical on the other. It was like never defined as such, but like the more I learned about evangel- evangelicals, I'm like, oh, those are all things that check to check. Yep. But like guilt trips and self loving, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, like gaslighting and invalidating my, my feelings was like a constant, um, like if there's a surefire way now to give me a panic attack, it's, it's like invalidating and belittling my feelings. Um, which makes me feel crazy like Cassandra and I'm cursed and unable to get anybody to believe what I'm saying. What got me here to the point where I dread the months of like November, December is that there are expectations on me to be places and act a certain way. I hit it then and I fucking love it now. Uh, until recently, I would come out of like I would come out of the holidays just like super drained. Yeah. For like months. Um, so, yeah, relig- religious trauma is, is real, guys. Uh, it's not your fault. If you are a person that deals with that or is still dealing with that. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's, that's, that's awful. That's rough. And uh, I, I hope if you're dealing with that, I hope that it stops. Um so anyway, this this is my slash shower podcast, and it is a place where I feel like I can speak freely. Yeah, um, of course. So I want to do that. And uh, the Pope, you should check your mail because you'll be getting my therapy bills from now on. Dick. That seems fair. Uh, and now we're going to have a palate cleanser. <laughs> oh, thank fuck. Here uh, we go. Wonderful. So Joe's going to read us some reviews for... Saving Christmas. Oh, yeah. Before we jump into uh, the actual scores that this movie received, uh, I uh, Becca brought one of the Rotten Tomatoes reviews to my attention, and then I took some time looking through some other ones. <laughs> so I just want to point out, through this I learned that you cannot rate anything on Rotten Tomatoes lower than half a star. I know this because there are specifically half-star reviews on here calling out the fact that they would want to yeah. rate this zero stars. But the ones I'm going to be reading, I'm going to read three reviews. These are all five-star reviews. Oh, no. Apparently, I learned this from uh, one of the almost zero-star reviews. Uh-huh. Apparently, Kirk Cameron tried to uh, uh, take to social media to get people to uh, positively review Blitz, yeah. this a- movie. I, re- I have his email written down if you would like me to uh, read the quote. Oh, yes, please. please. Yeah, please um, do it. I was going to save it for when we gave the score, but um, I'll happily read it now. Uh, so specifically, he went to his Facebook page for help uh, because he was blaming the haters, the pagans, and the atheists and uh, the atheist conspiracy that hatched on Reddit. Um, <laughs> and it occurs to me because this script was so long, I, I erased that. I, I can't I've say heard. I blame you, but actually yeah. that exact wording mm-hmm. pops up in a bunch of the five-star mm-hmm. reviews, so that explains a lot. Yeah. Um, and, like, for context, he's an influential figure. Like, he has yeah. a lot of followers yeah. oh, on social media. So him, like, calling in the God Squad is not like an... It's not like, I don't know, you know, 
just some nut job that's like, right. hey, six people on Instagram, like, it, stick up for me. Yeah, like, he's rallying the troops, basically. He, they he, brought, yeah. Within, like, 48 hours, it was up to 97%. <laughs> well, which is, which so is why <laughs> made people pretty upset, and uh, after you, Joe. Mm. All right, so, all right, so the three, here are the three reviews I'm going to read for you. So this is from Stephanie F. Saving Christmas is anointed. This movie is a divine <laughs> encounter that infuses heavenly wisdom, joy, and truth of what Christmas is about. Jesus, mm -hmm. birth, burial and resurrection, Santa, toy soldiers, the tree, fruit, lights, the gifts, winter solstice, the food, fine linens, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How... These things all tie into the whole story of God's plan to redeem and save humanity into his family. Christmas is about celebrating Jesus, family, gifts, Santa who helped spread the word Fine that Jesus linen, was the son soldiers. of God in the flesh who came to save humanity. The humor is on point. <laughs> Fact. So what I, Fact. I pray this film gives everyone who watches eyes to see and ears to hear and softens hearts to understand the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior. May this bring you joy like it's done me in the midst of darkness. I can now look at Christmas with fresh eyes and revelation to see the joy of the season. Praise to be our King of Kings, Prince, Prince of Peace and Lord of Lords, Yahweh. Glory be to God on high. Glory be. Amen, this next bro. one. Amen. This next one might actually be my favorite. Um, this is from Donna A. This movie was great. I'm not one to watch movies, but this film fits the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Even she's a Bill fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it explained in a way that I couldn't that I couldn't have the real joys of the holiday season. I dealt with two family members this year that have a negative outlook on Christmas, and I'm going to encourage them to watch this. Oh, no. <laughs> no. There is enough negativity in this world without looking for it on a holiday that's supposed to be joyful. If one looks for the negative, they're sure to find an abundance. But if you put on Watch a fresh me. pair of lens, if you if you put on a fresh pair of lenses and see things from a different perspective, you're likely to find the positive. I loved this, and we'll be adding it to the collection of movies I don't have yet. Smiley face. I really thought you were going to say fresh set of linens. No. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. Is adding it to the collection of movies I don't have yet. What does that, even what does mean? that mean? It's there already. You don't. And that would that would be all movies. All movies yeah. are part of the collection you don't have yet. And the last one is also. I want, I want to preface also a five star review. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing accomplishment to get a zero percent on a Christmas movie. Deck the Halls got a six percent, and that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. What Kirk does here is amazing. Comes up with amazingly incorrect interpretations of the symbols of Christmas. <laughs> I'll give him an A plus for effort and imagination. I, I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah. It is mind-numbing how bad this movie is. It's staggering. It, like, we like, did Cats right before this, and I was like, oh, it's going to be- did Cats right before this. <laughs> like, there's no way we're going to be able to, like, have something worse than Cats for a minute, and then immediately watch this shit. And, like, it's, it's bonkers to me that in this podcast, you started with Wild Wild West. Yes. <laughs> and you have- this movie we're just like just aren't even in the same like 
we what, what year was Wild Wild West? Was that just like the best year of fucking movies it was. ever? Yeah, yeah. No, that yeah it that's gets placed in the same category as this film. It's it, it's insane. It's absolutely bonkers to think that Wild Wild West is uh, in amongst the pantheon of yeah. Razzie winning films with this and Dinesh D'Souza's Hillary's America <sighs> and uh, fucking My Pillow Guys, whatever the hell that movie was called. <laughs> like it's. Which again, we mentioned this changed this this movie changed the yeah. course of the show. It changed the course because we're not going to cover those last two that I mentioned. No, we're just not going to subject ourselves so, or anyone else to that. The the Cameron rule, which is now added to our other rules, yes, is that we do not cover movies that are not fictional narratives hmm. with a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, because they're not going to do this one because it's nonfiction. <laughs> well, they're we'll, we'll 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 call that we'll call them creative documentaries. Yes, that's a uh, really good one. Um, yeah, because they they're they're polemics. They're they're not they're not trying to be a real narrative. They're trying no. to they're not trying to present to you a good movie. They're trying mm-hmm. to push an, They're trying to push an agenda. It's, it's propaganda. It's propaganda. Yeah, and that then that is what this movie was. I knew this movie was going to be that, but I didn't know it was going to be Ooh. that to this degree. It's <sighs> uh, it's like my I used to watch hockey games with my dad when I was a kid. We'd go uh-huh. to one, and you know, it'd be like a particularly physical game with lots of fights or something. And he'd be like, oh, "I went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out." Right. Uh, I feel like yep. that's. I went to a sermon and like a movie broke out at some point. <laughs> Which I don't know if one actually did. I at went some to a point, sermon but... and a movie tried to happen. Yeah, <laughs> just someone was playing on the projector in the back. I don't know. <laughs> We're trying to listen to the pastor turn Citizen Kane down. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Ori! <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Well, <laughs> that brings us to the end of Act One. Yeah. All right. We'll be we'll be back after a uh, brief word. Uh, welcome back, everyone. I hope hope you enjoyed Act One. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> my retelling of Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Jack is out of his fugue state. We're ready to go. We're ready to continue. I, I, I bleached my mouth and my high eyes and my brains, and now <laughs> I'm starting clean, um, just like baby Jesus did in the main... I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so on on break, we started to have a conversation that I, I thought was relevant that we should have on mic. Sure. Um, because when doing research for this film, um, like I have a lot of friends that are are Christian. Um, Same. But yeah. I was like, I wonder if I have any friends that are evangelical Christian. Um, and I have one that had formerly been evangelical. Oh, okay. And I wanted to know what the takeaway, because I'm like, I've I've really haven't kept like I'm I'm agnostic, and I haven't really kept up with a Christian religion for a minute, and I don't care to. No. Um, but when I when we watch this movie, I'm like, no, like my friends, like I they are not, they cannot be watching this shit and like eating it. Um, like I trust them and their intelligence way too much to be horking this shit. Uh, Some people will surprise you, but and uh, but they didn't. They were like, no. Good, good. <laughs> well, the one one was very like, why would I ever want to? That's a cult, and I'm like, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, never mind that they check off all of the qualifications. We're not talking about that on this podcast. Yep. Um, but essentially, 
the further right you lean politically, the more likely you are to gobble up Kirk, Kirk Cameron's horseshit. I mean, that tracks with uh, my yeah. family. That's just... <laughs> yeah. Like, and and I, like I said, I did do some research on where evangelicalism came from and like where where it went, how it's changed. And it wasn't always associated with not only the Republican Party, but right-wing ideals. Mm-hmm. It grew in that direction specifically because there was a – and I can't remember his name, so I'm not going to try. But there was a person who became the leader of the church that guided them that way. Right. Um, yeah. It was artif- It was artificially and purposefully yeah. done to mm-hmm. uh, to help build like that toward the eventual like moral majority nonsense yeah. that we saw under Reagan. Yes. Yeah. And like even just being having been raised Catholic, I there was differences in opinion between like various buildings, like actual churches, like, oh, them over there, you can be like out and it's doesn't matter. Whereas this one, it's like, no. Mm -mm. Um, So I I have to imagine that it's the same with any other religion where if if I were evangelical and I um, had very far right beliefs, I would I could be in that. But you can also be evangelical, have slightly less. Uh, more central or left ideas. Yeah, I'm sure that those things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. We're not think... making fun of Christianity. Yeah, I think that that needs to be made abundantly clear. Like we're not we're not here to we're not here to just pick on the idea of being religious. It's just this there's this particular strain of thought that yeah. Kurt Cameron uh, uh, adheres to and yeah. applies to this work in particular and most everything he does uh, that is pernicious. I think it's it's important to keep in mind, like, this isn't some just, like, an extremist tiny strain of yeah. religion, you know, this, this this reaches an audience, like, he has a following, and, um, you know, when we were researching some faith films, so we shot a, a short film recently, and it was a parody of faith films, so I didn't know anything about the genre, uh, our director... Dante Quesas Thompson, he recommended some films, and we watched some to get the watch-alongs. Uh, there was some alcohol, sure. Um, like we had a good do. time. Smart. But, I, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know about this universe. And, so what, um, what is a faith film? A, a faith film is, like, generally an evangelical, uh, like, film that deals with real-life situations, um, but through... You know, it's always solved through practicing faith, right? So okay. in Kurt Cameron's uh, take, uh, Fireproof, which is one of the films we watch, for example, mm-hmm. and, and it's a very like classic like faith film. So Kurt Cameron has some marital issues, and he's also a firefighter. Fireproof, and you get it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and, okay. Yeah, so he has some marital issues, right? And there's like kind of the shepherd character that always appears in these faith films, which in this case is his dad. I think. And he helps Kurt get back on track through this like 40 day challenge, which is not like uh, that virgin film thing. What's that called? The 40 year old virgin? No, I think I'm getting it confused with the guy who like doesn't have sex for some period of time. It's a terrible film. Anyway, I'm blanking uh, on that one. (laughs) Did you watch it on a hub of some sort? (laughs) <laughs> anyway so there's usually this, this shepherd character and they you know help this person get back on track using uh 
loosely Christian principles and, you know, verses and stuff like that. So that's kind of like the, the general genre. Um, and, but watching his films, you know, I was like, wow, this is wild, you know, mm. like this, what, who is this reaching? Like, it can't be like many people, but it, it is. And yeah. we watched one of these films with uh, our production designer, which is really interesting because she was brought up in this kind of world. She was, you know, kind of grew up in a church and grew up on these films and very much knew Kurt Cameron's filmography and, you know, related characters and stuff. Um, and so that was really interesting to like have her kind of, as we're watching a movie, talk about some of these things like, Oh yeah, that's a thing because of this. And we're like, Oh, that's a, th that's a thing. Be oh, okay. Um, here I thought it was just like this one off, like hairball idea that this director or Kirk had or whatever, you know? And the, you know, but that was kind of important to making the film that we were making was like understanding the impact these films have had. It's not just, yeah, sure. It's like a, it's a, it's a section of Christianity. It's a section of evangelicalism, but it is, you know, it's an audience. These films make money, right? Yeah. And it's an important thing to keep in mind if you're going to satirize it. So having her watch it with you, did the movie make more sense? Y yes. And it kind of made it more terrifying i guess mm -hmm. uh, yeah because that makes it, sense. it gave it more like real world impact you know it mm -hmm. it she made connections that like i or references that like i had wouldn't have known or like understood how it related to some of the other tenants that these characters are preaching in other films or online or you know whatever um so it, it definitely like gave it more weight of like oh this this is why we're making a satire of these films because these films are potent. Yeah. There's a power to them worth satirizing. It would have been interesting to watch Saving Christmas with her and have context to what's happening on the Yeah, screen. that would have been that would have been something. Because watching I mean, e even in the summary, like there are parts where I'm just babbling because I have no idea what I'm seeing or saying or, or watching. Um and like I was raised in a Christian household. So I was like, oh, sure, I'm going to understand, like, most of this, but... Yeah, I'm sure that there are, like, there are, like, cine like cinematic techniques or tropes that we're mm -hmm. missing. There, there there are references that are going above, our, yeah. that are just going over our heads because we're not quite as mired in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think this film, uh, I guess what's disappointing, the only disappointing thing I found about this film was that it's, you know, it's not really a film. It's more just sermon mm -hmm. with b-roll footage which yeah most of the other faith films at least like have a plot and is a enjoyable time because it's so you know like this one barely utterly, even utterly try, ridiculous yeah. but this one does yeah this doesn't even try even like the, the entire conversation between uh kirk and christian takes place in a stationary car in a driveway like even putting aside the whole like Kirk is violating this person's space and, and wishes and agency, uh, like you could like you could have just had them go for a drive. Yeah, you could have had anything happen. You could have they could have been driving down the street and he could have seen things that were triggering these observations yeah. instead of having him just like word salad at Kirk Cameron for a while. So before we get into critiquing the film. Oh, fair, fair. Let's, let's do some stats. Let's do some stats. We haven't really, yeah, we haven't touched on those. 
I mean, not specifically. <laughs> no. Uh, so Saving Christmas was nominated for a total of six. Six um, Razzies. Yes. Yes. Uh, winning Worst Picture at the 35th Golden Raspberry Awards. 2014. Yes. So it won Worst Actor. Kirk Cameron. Cameron. Worst Screenplay. Uh, it's the director, Darren Down. D- yeah. O-A-N-E. Uh, and Cheston Hervey. Was it Doan? I think it was the last name I would pronounce. Maybe Doan. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, worst screen combo, Kirk Cameron and his ego. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to, yeah. Like, that, normally I kind of hate those. Yeah, those, those, do, but... those can be, those can be pretty, like, cringeworthy yeah. sometimes. But no, like, that one I kind of no. agree with. Because <laughs> um, even, even in the scene between DeAndre and Christian, I'm like, you know what? I hate it, but I don't hate it as much. No. Because Kirk Cameron's not here. Yeah. It was it was a pr- reprieve in that sense. Yeah. Uh it was nominated but did not win worst director and worst supporting actress for Bridget, not the famous one, Kirk Sister. <laughs> poor poor sister. Wait, does it actually say not the famous no, one? Or no, did, no, oh you no. added that. Okay. Yeah. Say <laughs> that because that feels like something the Razzies might yeah. do. Uh so scores. Um, Scott, I feel like you've you've already know or have looked, but do you want to take a guess at the general Rotten Tomato score? I believe it's zero, isn't it? It the, is the critic, the critic score. score? It the is. critic score is flat out zero. Yeah. And, and I on... didn't even know it was possible. Yeah, no, honest. I didn't either. Lo and behold, um, I found the Cam- Kirk Cameron quote. Kirk Cameron. Uh, Kirk Cameron quote. Uh, Cameron <laughs> Crow film that I would prefer to be watching right now. Uh, his quote, um, which I will read to you now. Okay. Helping me storm the gates of Rotten Tomatoes. All of you who love Saving Christmas, go rate it at Rotten Tomatoes right now and send the message to all the critics that we, double, it's capitalized. Sure. Uh, decide what movies we want our families to see. If 2,000 of you out of almost 2 million on this page, take a minute to rate Saving Christmas it will give a film a huge boost, and more will see it as a result. Thank you for all your help and support in putting the joy of Christ back in Christmas. People didn't like that, so um, I think no. these posts also accompanied with like really excellent photos. Wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I think I, I think I saw like when he posted these on Facebook. There, he also like took photos. It was like. I don't know him with like a hammer and like a tomato or something, oh. and then oh yeah, like, no, I did see the one. Oh, went up to like ninety-seven percent. He posted something. They're they're please look them up if you if I, you. Have when I was looking for them. pictures for the Instagram, I saw one of him, and he's holding two red tomatoes, and he wrote "rotten tomatoes" on them, and he's like, like holding them up. <laughs> he's he's a normal average American like you and I. This is the thing that sane people do. It's fine. Um, it's so normal. Scott, what do you think the audience score is on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, this I don't know. Yeah, I, it's always upsetting. Yes. You have to remember, based, he, he, he put out that push for people to rate it. Based on the history of audiences being turds, I'm going to say... <laughs> we, we don't say that audiences are, are turds. No, we say that I'm a guest. I less say what critical. I want. Turds. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 25. Pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, 30. Yeah, no. it actually hit thirty. <laughs> nah, um, uh-huh. wasn't Cats like thirty? I can't remember well, what Cats was. Well, yeah, do, I, you I, wanna, I, do you want to look at that? I, I talked to IMDb. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll look at that. Um, Scott, 
out of 10, what did they score on IMDb? I should mention that this is another site they won't let you rate zero. Mm, I tried. Well, I'm going to go with like one and a half. Close. Uh, 1.4. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's definitely one of the lowest scores I've ever seen. It's definitely one of the lowest scores I've ever watched. I don't know that I've ever seen like a movie that was that low. You know, it's like something Um, that's like not available anyway or something that never made it even a dvd or right, something that yeah. like somehow is on indb and you're like mm. but for a movie that had a box office yeah and i think it made, uh, that's made low it. that's uh, low what's what do we have uh, here joe cat uh, cat's had a 53 oh, oh yeah i forgot it's it's even more upsetting yeah um, and 52 percent of them were high and god oh, bless oh, absolutely. oh yeah so now we come to a, a category a section that i'm calling fixing Kirk Cameron's lies because I'm capable of reading more than one book, which he cherry picks from anyway. Fuck you for trying to gaslight history. Kirk Cameron. Succinct. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let me give you like the quickest summary of the origins of Christmas traditions. Um, so like, as I said, in the first part, a lot of this information is not coming from Wikipedia. So much as not that I, I don't. Sh- I'm not shitting on Wikipedia. Hey. It's a it's a really good resource. Wikipedia is a good resource. Yeah, it's a good, um, good place to find sources. Just like yeah, double check your sources. Yeah, um, but like religious scholars, universities, priests, whatever. Because um, some Christians don't mind telling you where shit came from. Yeah, right. Um, so who defunct? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so ancient Rome in December they would celebrate Saturnalia with singing, dancing, gambling, and cross dressing. Ooh. Uh, I think Saturn was Saturn. Um, I, I'm yeah. more familiar with the Greek versions, and in Greek legend, he is Kronos. Kronos, Kronos. He was a titan. Kronos, yeah. Okay. Um, in what is like modern day Iran, they worshipped Mithra, which was a god of the sun, um, who was born in a pasture and visited by shepherds who were in awe of this new god being born. Vaguely, that's vaguely familiar. Uh, in Northern Europe, they celebrated Yule um, mm-hmm. again, the birth of the sun. Uh, they they would find the biggest fucking log they could possibly find and burn it. And for as long as it burned, they got rip roaring drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's a party uh, right there. Yeah. Hell it, yeah. Uh, it lasted approximately like 12 days. So that's like 12 straight days it's of like a big fucking log. It's a big fucking log. And Holy I'm. Holy shit. Like, I used to do some pretty hard partying, but never for 12 days straight. How do you tend to fire when you're th- when you're like six days deep drunk? <laughs> Are you drinking in shifts? I, I assume yeah, the children are in charge of the a rotation. That's not better. <laughs> It's not like the children aren't drinking, Jack. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there's that, too. That's <laughs> probably accurate. Uh, so they, they brought the evergreens inside to remind <laughs> themselves that life continues. Oh, I completely forgot about or skipped over that part in the um, summary where Kirk Cameron says that pagans used to bring evergreens inside because they were trying to, like, magic themselves into immortals. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. If I fuck this tree, I'll live forever. <laughs> uh, don't know until you try. So far, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, ancient Germany would pay tribute to Odin, not Thor. You fucking queef. <laughs> Thor, Thor, Cyrus. 
and then possibly the one that I think is like if I were to celebrate any of these, I would celebrate Yule. But if but the one that like just tickles me the right way. Oh wait a minute, hold on, real quick. Mm-hmm. Thor Cyrus was he portmanteauing Thor and Osiris? That's correct. Is that oh for God's sake, those are not even like ah uh, that. You got your Norse and my Egyptian and just kind of squish them together. It's like your peanut great taste that go great <laughs> together. Those 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 religions do not go well. Those no! mythologies do not fit well together. No, not at all. Um, way more incest. <laughs> <laughs> so in 5th century Europe, it was... They would do the whole Yule thing, right? Sure. Um, but they would pick like a, a homeless person or a beggar and they would make them the Lord of misrule. Uh, and they would just like eat shit and drink. And they would go to the houses of the rich and like knock on the doors. And they would wear masks. It's basically, it's basically trick or treat. Um, oh, hell like, yeah. Like, Hey, um, if you give us stuff, we won't burn your house down, <laughs> which like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's some trick. Yeah. <laughs> some it's, trick it's just like it's halloween with like class warfare yeah um <laughs> i couldn't think of something i want to do more uh so just... did you write this <laughs> mr bezos <laughs> uh it better be a big fucking candy bar jeff <laughs> um tommy so... needs a new pair of shoes and also a house and also we have torches <laughs> it's it's like halloween plus christmas plus purge <laughs> amazing oh, oh my god Let's, uh bring it back um so the reason that all of these things got combined so first first because everything i've described to you is way too much fun it had to get yeah, banned Christmas first. of course yeah. yeah um so when puritans I've, I've never once lit a log on fire and gotten drunk for 12 days for christmas it's just how many days off can you get in a row? I'm just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Like negative three. Got it. Like, got it. So burn down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> knock on your manager's door. And... Uh, so obviously Puritans were like, this is fun. We can't have this. Like they, they banned Christmas outright as a holiday. Um, you, you would get fined if you mentioned it. If you mentioned Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, but whenever immigrants started coming to America, specifically like Irish, Eastern European, they would bring these Christmas traditions along with them and they would be like, yeah, maybe we'll dumb them down a little bit, like soften them up a little bit so that we don't rile up everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what we have is like child's gloves Christmas. Kids, kids glove Christmas. Kids, okay. kids, kids, kids gloves Christmas. Okay. And which is what we now have today. Um, that is the history of Christmas in choppy, choppy, quick fashion. Um, I think now's a good time for me to say, to talk about a conversation I had with Belinda in the car, in the car the other day. Okay. Um, so Kirk Cameron is playing just the most hurt victim in that movie. Yeah. Okay. So like of all of our friends, our friends and our extended friends, I've never heard any of us bitch about saying the word Christmas or Merry Christmas. Not once. Like among, I, I, I have friends that are out and out Satanists. Yeah, who I've never heard once bring up most, Christmas. Most of us celebrate it, and like, yeah, it's 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 like it's just culturally ingrained. Yeah, like, it's it's, it's just, a cultural thing now. It's yeah. not even like a religious thing. Um, 
like of all the people I know, I'm I'm probably the furthest one who's like, yeah, Christmas is whatever. I'd rather celebrate Yule, which is like a conversation that Blend and I've I've actually had. Yeah. Um, just because again, religious trauma has nothing to do with the fucking holiday. Like we really, so I'm I'm gonna speak for all liberals. Uh, <laughs> we don't care. We don't. We don't care. Yeah, like nobody's we've just, we've getting just got fun- bigger things to bitch about. We have know? so much more important things to bitch about. The only people who ever Stephen bring this Jeff. up are like are people on the right. Are yeah. like are people who feel like religion is being like vilified in some way. And it's just like, no, that's not what's happening. Like you like bigotry is being yeah. vilified. Yeah. Uh, like fascism is being vilified. Like all these things that are worthy of being vilified are being vilified. And Yet you seem to take issue with that. I don't know. It's 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 no one else is getting pissed off because some people say happy holidays. Nobody else is getting pissed off because Starbucks sells a cup that doesn't say Merry right. Christmas or whatever. Like it's, no, like there there are oatmeal raisin cookies posing as chocolate chip cookies out in the world, and you think I'm worried about people saying Merry Christmas? <laughs> I, Scott, I, yep. I like oatmeal raisin cookies. Yeah, they're really pretty good. Listen, guys, you can like what you want to, but if you bring them to a party and I think they're a chocolate chip cookie, we're going to have some fucking beef. Oh, no, no, no. I clearly label them. Thank you. For allergy reasons. For allergy reasons, of course. Yeah. Yes. I'm and for not angering Scott reasons. Yeah. It's so, it's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, we really don't care. There's so much more to worry about right now that, do I die a little bit every time the Halloween decorations get taken down to put Christmas decorations up? Yes. yes, but I would also celebrate Halloween for half the year. Same. Yeah, um, abs- absolutely. <laughs> like, the thing. You better find a big log then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, th- the thing that kills me is like. Like, a bunch of the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, like, specifically call out atheists and all this other shit. Yeah. And, like, that's not even what the movie's addressing. Mm. Like, the movie's yeah. addressing Christians who have a quote-unquote shitty view of yeah. Christmas. And even then, it's just like, do, do you know, do you have any idea what people actually think and feel about things? How out of touch are you? That's... I think I cut it from the original script, but I, I had a portion where I like ranted about how insular and cut off evangelicals are from mm-hmm. the world, yeah, um, and how it is really its own culture within itself. Like they have their own news, they have their own obviously their own church, they have their own traditions, yeah. Um, in like a much broader sense, like in a in a much larger population, it's almost like being Amish. Like that is its own world. Okay, kind of cut off from the mainstream what i'm saying is they're a cult the c word has made an appearance <laughs> <clears throat> um great uh so what didn't you like about the movie <laughs> well i mean is that we, the category we're starting with no we <laughs> we try to be in like this is on you guys because what we do first is we talk about what worked oh christ okay. uh and we start with the cast Okay. I'll wait. Um it, here I'll I'll say this, okay? So it, it got the awards it got worst actor, worst picture, worst mm-hmm. screenplay and worst duo. Well, some of those were nominations, but yeah. And and worst supporting actress for the not famous oh, sister. Yes. <laughs> um I know what one worst actor mm-hmm. 
But, you know, that's the one I don't agree with. I think it definitely deserves the duo award, for sure. But, like, Kirk Cameron, <laughs> as an actor, like, he's he's an actor. He's he's passable. Is he completely insufferable in this film? Absolutely. But, uh, as, like, an actor, he's fine. Is he playing a character? No, not really. But, I mean, method actors get awards all the time, so whatever. Um, Ryan Reynolds is great. So, just Ryan Reynolds. What's that? I said Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is great, but he's just Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so what works as far as, as far as like the performances go, like, I mean, nothing, but <laughs> Cameron is like the antagonist turned protagonist. I don't know. It's confusing, but. So, I don't think that I don't think that awards deserved to be honest. Real quick, uh, I just want to stand up for this film. We you know? don't. I really want to die in this rock. Gotcha. Real quick, we don't typically run through the the uh, the nominees for specific categories like this, but I was mm-hmm. curious. Yeah. Um. So the other actors that were nominated for worst actor in the, at this at this Razzies were Adam Sandler for Blended, Seth MacFarlane for his character in uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Was that bad? Kellen Lutz. In the Legend of Hercules, Nicholas Cage in Left Behind. That was oh. pretty bad. <laughs> they got Left Behind in the same year. Wow. Yeah, they got they got the Left Behind reboot in the same year. <laughs> what a year! <laughs> um, I think overall, what works for this movie, what kept me watching, is like I have no idea what's coming next in this film. Like, absolutely zero. Like, from the opening credits, where I'm like, what? <laughs> to I mean, the closing hit, credits. Yeah, they they hit us with that ska, and it was just like, I, all of my expectations are just shattered. Let's, all right, <laughs> we're, on the, we're, we're on the roller coaster track, let's go. Yeah, yeah, the ska, it, it was misleading. But Very. I, I have no idea what was going to happen in this film. Uh, all of it was bad but like yeah. i had to keep watching because good lord yeah i'm on the tracks um yeah like, there was no like, telling what was going to come next at any point even whenever you gate even whenever you started to accept okay there's no predicting what's going to come next it's like the next thing that came up was still so surprising you're like what the fuck yeah i think you both know how i feel about this film what it could have should have been is a metal music video. <laughs> um, and I think they're the visuals. Some of the voiceover is just, it just writes itself. And I really like to like, just really highlight some of those things because they're, they're beautiful. If you can just replace the audio in your head, but like even in the beginning. So we have the first, uh, recreation of the manger where Kirk's like, no, let me tell you how it went down. Like Jesus was born in the manger. But here's a big twist. The manger was actually a cave, <laughs> which is like this big reveal in the movie, which uh-huh. yep. no one cares about. doesn't matter at all. It's not relevant. Unless you want to be metal as fuck. <laughs> what sets that across better than a baby in a cave? And he literally says the world power wanted him dead just for being born. Right. Right. <laughs> and I don't disagree there are moments that it could be very metal, but they didn't do that. <laughs> no, they very much did not do that. So I don't that. know if I can say this worked so much as missed opportunity. I, 
Jack, you asked for good things about the film. It's not my <laughs> fault you have a piss-poor imagination and we're listening to it with audio on, okay? <laughs> How dare you not watch this movie on mute so you can substitute fucking Iron Maiden? What's going on here? I Jack, quote, watch it with to become the warrior that ensured that death finally was killed. <laughs> Killing death, Jack. <laughs> You, you're reading from a paper, aren't you? You've, you've taken notes. That's how, that's how metal I am. I believe in paper and a pen. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously they didn't they didn't do that, but like, <laughs> on a serious note, like some of the some of like the themes and visuals, like okay, you got like this badass like Saint Nick. Mm-hmm. Listen. None of it's, like, good. The cinematography is, like, and the voiceover is bad. But, like, you know, you do get, like, this building of, like, this Shepard character, like, walking in the snow with, like, a staff and just, like, looking to, like, out of, like, a fantasy novel. And I'm kind of like, yeah. Oh, that's like, another thing I cut. I haven't been presented with this, like, version of, of, you know, Christian history before. Like, go on. Tell me, tell me more about this, like, fantasy metal character. Do you remember? And uh, it does beat the crap out of some people. <laughs> Do you remember? Like it whips ass. Good. Right, right before that, Kirk Cameron's like, "Now for this one and only time, I'm going to kind of fluff the facts a little bit, and we're going to invoke Lord of the Rings." Right before he <laughs> brings in uh, badass Santa, uh, which I like forgot about that. Yeah, he he dropped name drops Lord of the Rings. Um. <laughs> Like, there were moments, That's true. specifically visually, where I'm like, this could go somewhere. And not even, like, this could go somewhere, so much as this could have plot. <laughs> I could have something I could cling to that is narratively forward. But, but... like, but, but then it would turn into him telling a sermon. Yeah, 100%. No. Um, right. Like, there the thing... were parts of it, though, that I was like, I want something from this. I never got it, but yeah. it did have, it did have some, like, some catch to it. And I could see like how, if I was viewing this from a different perspective, I would be like, I would take that hype and then like actualize it into an emotion. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> I never felt anything other than pity, but like got me hyped. Do you remember when we did those many years ago, guilty pleasure and Mike created such a head cannon so that he was able to enjoy Cable Guy, like he just oh, like he oh. rewrote the entire like meta premise of oh, Cable th- th- Guy. Th- that it was Jim Carrey trying to burn everything down. Yes, which like I want to believe that's true because yeah. like that's a hell of a story. Nothing to substantiate that, but he created in his head and was then able to enjoy the movie that way. And I yeah. feel like that's what we're doing now is like we're putting up these tent poles in order to, to be able to. Not hate the movie entirely. These metal tent poles. These metal ass tent poles. Um, metal <laughs> poles. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, what fucking choice do we have, right? <laughs> if if we were going to say that there was something good about this movie, then we have to do it that way. Um, they did speak. Yeah. They did say words that were words that I understood individually. Um, the lighting was not too dark so that I could see nothing, nor too bright that I could not look at it. Um, True. Time ran in a linear fashion, and it did end. It did end. <laughs> it, not not immediately, but um, it did eventually end. 
they did they did slide he did slide very good that slide was a good slide it was a good slide i will give don the, uh, the i'll give yeah. i'll give i'll give the director that like yeah. he he slid real good i want to know who the costumer was that found the sleekest christmas sweater <laughs> I just assume what, they, like which sweater the has the lowest coefficient of friction. So other good things? No, so we can move on to what didn't work. Oh great! Thank God. Okay, so it's not a movie. It's not a movie. I mean, it's not, not a. It's not a. It felt like I was in seventh or eighth grade, and the teacher was like, "All right, we're gonna learn how to write argumentative papers. You're gonna write your." argument on what christmas is and he did that and then read it in front of the class and the whole time i'm trying to do anything but listen and then he called it a movie um uh, yeah like i'm do i'm actively like transported back to grade school and i'm doodling in the margins of my yeah. math book it's like it's Just... no wonder all those teachers were so fucking miserable they had <laughs> to read all these kirk cameron theses well if he would quit going back to the schools to write them again and again i mean <laughs> There were no relationships between any of the characters. There were no stakes. There were no stakes. No. Uh there was no there was no real formation of a conflict outside of Kirk butting his way into his brother-in-law's like crisis of faith or more or less. It, it like, wasn't even like a crisis of faith. Cri- just, like, a crisis didn't... of celebration, I guess yeah. then. Like a crisis of holiday. Like Yeah, and that's really like if there even if there was a conflict, the like the conflict was confusing and that mm-hmm. I wasn't even sure I knew what the stakes were or like what the consequences were yeah. of any kind. Uh, even if there was one in there, God help anyone find it. Like, unless you already, unless you already have like filled in the blanks with, I mean, you know, if you watch the first four minutes with Kirk's like opening sermon, like you've seen the movie, right? And it's yeah, just basically. full of like coded language with like they's and we's and like mm-hmm. yeah, if it, you're, like, it frames if as us versus them kind of thing. Yeah, right. very much so. If you can fill in those blanks and are not in your head, then like I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna understand the stakes, whatever they are. Yeah, because right. you've already created them. I guess there are. If you're the kind of person that is already upset that people are saying Happy Holidays as opposed to Merry Christmas, then there are stakes. But to us, who don't give a shit, yeah, it, there are no stakes. Yeah, if you're already subscribed to that culture war bullshit, then yeah. like you're lost. Yeah, that that's you're you're too deep. You're too in too deep already. This was tailor made for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're not listening to the wrong people or drinking the Kool Aid, just actual very subtle lines. Yeah, yeah, he did this. actually make a fucking Jonestown reference in yeah. there, didn't he? Uh, what else didn't work? Um, the score was all over the fucking place. There was some like honky tonk music. There was some dubstep. Oh there was some Christmas God. music. There was some. Ska I love like the some of the music when they're just sitting in the car. Yeah. Or it's just like. Yeah. We found this weird <laughs> stock music yeah. just like sitting around like, well, we don't know what to do with this here. Uh, we don't know what to do with a car scene either. Oh, apparently, but it's so forty just... minutes long. Perfect. Yeah, that's how long they sit in the car. Is forty <laughs> minutes 40 of the minutes. goddamn film? It's like a full two thirds of the damn movie. They're mm. in that car. It's stupid. There's a you know, it's like a very old filmmaking principle that like, oh, you re- you wrote a car scene. Can you put it anywhere else? Oh, you have to have a car <laughs> scene. 
okay, do it in a parked car. And they're like, well, we did it. Did we followed it. advice. Got it. 100% nailed it. No notes. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, my God. You know, the music was so... You know, like, like we've already touched on how misleading the ska was in the beginning, and that was one of the most enjoyable goddamn mm-hmm. things about the movie. Everything yeah. else, like, it, it, it either it doesn't fit, it is like cringy dubstep that's already out of date at that point. Even like, all right, here's here's something: the sets. Did the sets work? Actually, I have one more thing to okay, talk about sure. music wise because I, I I can't. I can never, I will never be able to get out of my head that they use an entire Family Force Five song for that dance sequence. Like, mm, they did. In there's there. like, there's an entire. Can someone bra- fill me in? What is what is this band? Yeah, I can very much fill you in. So okay. there's an entire branch of pop punk, and uh, and th- that that went hard into religious songwriting and okay. some of it and some of it's like you know innocuous enough just like mm-hmm. real you know like it's like, it, like it's not trying to indoctrinate people it's just like it's just kind of wholesome and clean and whatnot like mm-hmm. your reliant k's or you know whatever mm-hmm. else but right. you but but then as as uh as that scene started to envelop other uh, other influences, like as it started to brand, as you had like parts of it branching out into emo and screamo and more hardcore stuff, you had other parts that were getting more and more pop influenced, mm-hmm. and you had shit like your Cobra Starships, uh, your Gym Class Heroes, and so on and so forth, where there was like hip hop and pop music and and club influences behind a lot of mm-hmm. like the the backing music, and then there was a Christian branch of that. Which is where Family Force Five fits in, where it is supposed to be like dancey, like pseudo club like pop punk uh-huh. for religious kids. If so, uh, the best way exactly that I can what sum enter it up. my earballs. Yeah, earballs. Yeah, earballs. Your earballs. Yeah, that's correct. That's yeah. anatomically and scientifically correct. Um, okay. It. Well, that's was kind wor- of interesting because Joe, did you recognize like this? director at all before no, this no i had no knowledge of any of his work before I, this. I only i only point you out just because he like directed a shit ton of like 90s pop punk music videos of course he fucking did Does like he, blink he 182 so taking back sunday pennywise fucking taking back sunday are you kidding me yep what taking yep. back sunday i've got to look this up hold on like but, he's done a ton of them that's this so insane d- to d- me. D- d- and that's kind of how he got how he got like his name recognition was like doing a ton of music videos before. Really, the only like films that he's done are Christian films, and some of them I'm sure we'll get into at some point because they are abhorrent. Oh my god! He directed the Blink One Eighty Two video for Josie, and damn it, and damn it. Yep, you're welcome. Okay, here we go. Christian pop punk. There's a bunch of MXPX. There's a couple of AFI videos in here. Pennywise. <laughs> Pennywise, man. I have no idea what's happening. You gotta be Sorry, fucking... Are law? <laughs> if, if it's not movie or comic related, I'm... Scary Kids lost. Scaring Kids. He did a fucking Scary Kids Scaring Kids video. Rolling, rolling, rolling. So he did not do Limp Bizkit, Jack. He did not do Limp He also did not do Taking Back Sunday. Uh, he did eventually transition into Jason Mraz and Kid Rock. Mm. See, that seems more right. (laughs) This Uh, is... I'm... My brain is broken. 
So anyway, you, you start to see where like <laughs> some of these weird choices come into play, I guess, in terms of the score. <laughs> so let's talk about the sets, huh? Those are some sets. Uh, not entirely yeah. bad ones. I mean, the <sighs> sets are... Okay, so the sets are basically house, mm-hmm. which, like, yeah, it's a nice upper, like, uh, upper middle class to, you know, house. Mm-hmm. And... With so and much then car, And then cave. <laughs> it's... Yes. Yeah. There's also, There's also the, oh, the tavern, the tavern yeah. where where Saint Nick beats the shit out of heretics, and, and the Christmas tree lot, and the Christmas tree lot. Yeah. No, sorry, the, sorry. The field of crucifixes. Oh right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at it correctly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would say the Christmas tree lot works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sure is a Christmas tree lot. Uh, I love all the outside stuff where you can just clearly see the wrinkled cloth background. <laughs> uh, as the very real snow falls. Yeah, there's some uh, amazing... Speaking of snow, I love that in the car the whole time it's raining, but snowing in every other shot. Yeah. Let, let me know. Tell me if this is just like me being a real conspiracy theorist. Okay. So we open on this scene of Kirk Cameron in his like palatial abode, right? Yep, and it's gorgeous. Like it's gorgeous. It's a huge, giant, fucking golden white house with a fireplace. While I find it kind of disgusting, do you feel like people that are evangelical would look at that and think that that's something to strive towards? Because, like to me, yeah, he his that set and the the house that they filmed in was like grotesque. Like I, like why why like if I went into that house as a human being, uh-huh. I'd be like. Mm. I don't really want to talk to these people. Yeah, I mean, it's we have nothing. It's exactly what the film is selling, though, right? Is like this material-driven, like profit-driven evangelical fantasy. Yeah. So, like, it's really the the first shot. Exactly what you're feeling, uh, you know, is exactly why this film doesn't work on you. Yeah, it keys you up for the materialism uh, aspect of it right away. Right. Now, I was not, as you may have guessed, the best Sunday school student, <laughs> but they really hammered, hammered it into you that, this Roman Catholic, that you shouldn't put weight in earthly possessions. Yeah. I mean, well, there's that whole, the whole, uh, the whole thing about uh, you, you have an easier time getting a camel through the eye of a needle than mm-hmm. a ri- than uh, than a, getting a rich man into heaven. Mm-hmm. Or, I know that's not the exact word, yeah, no, but yeah, but that's like... Where did that ethos go? <laughs> like the whole thing about like Jesus had nothing. He was humble. Yeah. Like he washed a man's feet for him because he didn't see himself as like too good for yeah. that shit. He defended a sex worker. He yeah. was friends with the lowest of the low. Yeah. He, I got no problem with Jesus. He flipped. Ta- he he flipped yeah, the tables of guys. merchants and bankers taking over a temple. Like it's you know. coolest moment in Jesus's life personally, where it, he like f- fucked a bunch of bankers' days up. Yeah. It's so, deta- I mean, it's so it's so detached even from like the faith that they profess. Yeah. It's it's what were you saying, Scott? I just I mean, let's get into this a little bit. Like, what do you think is the message of of the film? I think that not that I agree with it, but I think it is that it is okay to be to keep Christmas as ours, meaning the evangelical, like they're mm-hmm. gatekeeping Christmas. And that it is specifically a Christmas that is based around consumerism. Yeah, I think I think it's an attempt to 
position themselves in the role of the victim so that they don't have to feel bad about uh, about you know the aspects of the celebration or the aspects of their own faith that don't actually jive mm-hmm. with the holy book that they purport mm-hmm. to believe. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the position of victim is, I think you're right, is very important. And it's, it's kind of something that we see a lot these days, right, is you have these right-wing personalities crying victim as they profit off that position, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. absolutely. So, I mean, we know, like, Kirk Cameron is a wealthy individual. The people that he works with and the positions that he support are full of wealthy people. Um, I mean, the director, he, his wonderful other filmography, uh, one of the ones he's most known for, I don't know if you guys saw this, the documentary called like the free speech apocalypse. Yes. Um, I missed that. I was, is, I was, I was too, I was too mired in my own scene kid. It's bit, uh, exactly what it sounds like to like yeah. dive into that. But yeah, uh, but it's, yeah, it's that, a documentary that, uh, it follows this pastor, Douglas Wilson, who, if you don't know, I'm sure you do, because he's just met headlines as being like human, mm-hmm. human slime. Anyway, he visits his university for a talk or whatever, and a lot of the students on the campus protest. And this is like in the Midwest, it's like Indiana or something. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. And, uh, you know, they were like concerned for this pastor's safety. And the documentary is just like about that, like position him okay. as the victim and like how the the left is like ruining free speech and like attacking everything that you know it's is our some, livelihood some diet milo yiannopoulos bullshit it's some Sounds like it's it. some louis ck yes. bullshit it's absolutely but this that's a business yeah, yeah. Right? no it is 100 like percent. they know that they can rake in cash doing that the number so like we're a new or podcast and we've interacted with a lot of other newer podcasts yeah it's been fun and most of the time it's pretty fun, but I've listened to so, so many right-wing podcasts. Like, really? Yeah. Oh. It, it, the ones that, the like, demographics that, uh, the genres mm-hmm. that I hear, I see the most, wrestling, sports, religious, just in oh, general. Sure. Right-wing. Huh. Mm. Yeah. I see more right-wing podcasts than I do spooky podcasts. Or That's movie wild. or movie podcasts. That's wild mm-hmm. to me. I mean, and this is this is, this is the, Facebook. This though. is Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel like I see the opposite on Twitter. Because like, like, like for yeah. a peek behind the curtain, like Jack tends to work our Facebook more often than I do, and he works the Instagram, and I run the Twitter for the most part. Because technology is confusing to me. And I means same. <laughs> it, um. And I feel like a lot of the a lot of the people that I've been engaging with on Twitter have like uh, I, it's either that they are trying to they're they're trying not to put it put forth a political mm-hmm. message in what they're doing, or they acknowledge their bias as being more left and being more like you know um, inclusive and humanistic. It's where do you think we fall, Jeff? As a movie podcast, as a movie podcast, I mean, I think, I think considering the, I think considering the the uh, the, the teardown of what we're doing into this movie, uh-huh. um, I think, I think, I think we've made our position clear. Yeah, uh, we did also challenge anyone who wants to be upset about Elvira coming out to a fight at a random playground. Oh, we did do that, didn't we? Uh, so Th- this is so far off topic, but I, I think <laughs> we are political in the same way that like my favorite murder or 
last podcast is where like you know their politics but it's not the point of the podcast right yeah i think that's fair to say and i i think for and i think for me like a lot of it comes down to like you can try to say that art is not political or that movies are not political but mm-hmm. that is inherently not true at least as far as i see it because those things are not created in a vacuum like they are a product mm-hmm. of the, the culture of, of the culture mm-hmm. and the and the and the the politics and the uh the, the the situation of the time in which they are made I think this is relevant because I was thinking about your your guilty pleasures episode that did it recently. Sure. And you know, at the end, you talk about how films are cheeseburgers, and if you want to eat a <laughs> greasy cheeseburger from McDonald's, like by all means, enjoy yeah. that cheeseburger. You know. Five times. And you know, I think part of me, like watching this film, was like, "Listen, it's not my cheeseburger. I don't. I don't want it. It's bad." But they're bad cheeseburgers. You know, you also you also said like if that cheeseburger isn't like actively harming other people, then like go for it. But I mean, I think the message of this film, like on its surface, is like spend too much at Christmas. Like, okay, that's yeah. a dumb take, whatever. But yeah. I think you know, based on the context of the work of the director of Kirk Cameron of the culture that they're promoting, the fact that this version of Christmas is traumatic to so many people, I would argue that. You know, it does cross that line into being actively a bad movie for society. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's like it's not just that it's bad in terms of like, no, this is a shitty thing to watch. It's like bad in that like the things it's promoting are actively like so, like socially harmful. Yeah, I think that was, yeah, that was like I expected that maybe like going is like eh, we'll see how toxic this is, but then like halfway through it was like get a bigger hand at Christmas. Like, all right, this is dumb, whatever. But then like kind of, I don't know, reflecting on it more, I was like, just how gross is this? Yeah. Yep. These are cheeseburgers made by people who don't wash their hands. <laughs> oh. oh God. Oh, and the considering where those hands have been. Mm, mm, mm. I don't like that. I was going to end right there, but then you said that and now I don't want to, but <laughs> uh, so this, this, this was a really good conversation. Thank you, Scott, for, for leading us here. Hell yeah. Um, we are going to break this into two parts. Uh, it is going to be a longer fix. That'll happen when you have to make a movie from scratch. Um, <laughs> Which, let's be real, that is what had to be done here. Yeah. Like, there was not a movie to start with. <laughs> so, um, thank thank you, Scott. Uh, any, anything you want to plug? Any, anything you want to draw? Plug your ears if you're going to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Um <laughs> Joe, do we have any, anybody we want to thank? Uh, yeah, I think we do have some people we want to thank. Um, so uh, we, we've been getting so much love through these last couple of new episodes, and I want to thank everyone who has taken the time to listen to them and to uh, and to reach out to us and actually like directly tell us how much uh how much you've been enjoying them. We actually got an amazing uh voice message from somebody from the uh Cinematic Anarchy podcast. Um, just telling us how much they liked the uh, Guilty Pleasures episode. Uh, we've had people on uh, on Twitter, uh, the Jacked Up Review Show podcast, uh, reached out to us and uh, and asked Jacked us up. to uh, <laughs> to uh, to collaborate with them. So that's something that's going to be coming in the new year. We're really looking forward to uh, check out their show. They they do some incredibly thorough deep dives into the work of particular directors mm-hmm. and musicians and actors uh, and. 
also there's some other uh, like other people like uh you know we're talking about you know like being mindful about the stuff that you're listening mm-hmm. to and the podcast mm-hmm. you're associating with um the definitely haunted podcast started a great Pretty conversation cool. yeah. about that on Twitter and I want to thank I want to thank them for that cuz it was a really good conversation and uh I think they handled a lot of stuff really well in that thread and so find find those those jags on Twitters and Facebooks uh which good the, pods or good you, pods yeah um, uh you can you can uh, you can uh like Share, rate, review on 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 good pods uh, mm-hmm. by episode, even and give and give like specific cool. feedback about yeah. a particular episode. So like, check all them out, listen to them there. Check us out and listen mm-hmm. and listen to us there and rate and review. Mm-hmm. Also on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser, wherever else you can do that. Um, we have a YouTube presence. We're you know we're there. You can check out and like and subscribe there. Um, and uh, stay classy and 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 do things that are sure to. Uh, what are they going to do, Scott? Uh, I think they're going to razzle-dazzle. I think so. I think so. All right, I'll see you back here with part two of Saving Christmas.